Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode. And today's special guest is Dave Bray from Dave Bray USA. And I'm really excited to get him on because, one, I love his music. Two, I don't think I've found a veteran musician yet that is nearly as patriotic and um, faith-based as this guy is. Uh, it, it, he, he's able to merge the two together in a way that is just incredible. But um, so we'll start off with saying, hey, Dave, how's it going? Hey, good. Thanks, Chad. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the, the kind introduction there. And thanks to Adam Bird and Heroes Media Group for hooking this all up. Oh, absolutely. I, I tell you, Adam has been great. Um, this is my second podcast. I, the first one I did for about a year. And, you know, he would give me pointers along the way. And then by the end of that first year, I had changed the show direction about five times. And so I'm like, all right, I need a fresh start. And that's how Veterans Unite started is from the, it's kind of like rising from the ashes, like a Phoenix, you know, it's, there you go. You got to keep working to improve. And that's, that's important. I like that. Thank you. Um, So as I told you before we started actually getting into this, I like adding a little family component to every episode. And one of the things that I've run into uh, with, with my baby recently, she's just a little bit over three months old and the feeding schedule, we try to keep her about every three hours or so. And um, lately, I don't know what the deal is, but she has just been, when we get to about that two and a half, two hour, 45 minute mark, she starts like wailing like a banshee. And the only thing that will stop her is if we start feeding her. Mm -hmm. So it's like on one side, we want to let her cry it out. Right. But on the other side, we know it's just because she's hungry. So it's like, do you let her just go hungry for a while? Or do you just give in and say, all right, fine, here's your food. You know, here's a bottle. Are you asking me as a father or what are we doing here? Well, as a father, I, what, what sorry, have you yeah. run into? Yeah, I raised, I raised two boys. I, was, I, I went through a string of surgeries when my, my kids were just babies. I got pictures of me like casted up, wrapped up, and I took care of these kids uh, while my wife was, was working her career. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the things you, you ask about that hitting that window. So she was, she was doing the, the breast milk freezing and all that kind of stuff for, for our boys, mm-hmm. which you can do breast milk. Obviously I'm, I'm a proponent, you know, for breast milk. Um, but those little poofs, there's a little jar of poofs that you can get and, and they, they dissolve like the second they hit the kid's mouth and the kid can't really figure out what happened. So it's sort of an entertainment, but it's also a, a food and it's, there's not many calories in them, but it's usually something enough to quell that, uh, sort of call it a snack, a little baby snack. You know what I mean? And that's, you that's what you can use to, to stick to your feeding patterns, but feeding patterns change consistently, uh, with moods and, and just how much energy a kid burns in a day. You're going to have to continue to adjust as a parent too. You right. Just, they're not like a dog that, you know, grows <laughs> up and is super, you know, you know, through the puppy years in one year, you know, right. it's a long process that, that takes a lot, you know, a lot more, you know, adjusting, but you'll get it, man. You'll get it all figured out. I'm sure. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So for other, we're, follow me for other fathering tips. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what we're going to do, we're going to switch gears now. And um, as I had said, when we started the recording, you know, Dave is a veteran. And so I would love to ask you, Dave, what did you do in the military? So I served as a corpsman, um, and when you when you do that, you start out in in the Navy. You enlist in the Navy, and some 
corpsmen always stay in the Navy. They end up in the medical side of the house. They work at hospitals and things like that on board ships in the, in the medical uh, areas on board ships. Um, I ended up crossing over and going to the green side, which is the Marines. So the United States Marine Corps became my family and my home uh, for the majority of my service. But um, I ended up crossing over and I was uh, assigned to the sniper teams out of Camp Lejeune, North Carolina as a, as a combat corpsman, as an FMF doc. And uh, I earned the name doc and that's what the guys called me. And um, I spent a lot of time in the field with them and, and working with them. And that was that was pretty much it. And then from there, we worked up. We uh, did a workup, tons of training across the, the beautiful Atlantic. Um, we did a med float. And from a med float, we got pulled off um, into Monrovia, Liberia uh, during Operation Assured Response, which was half humanitarian and the other half was protecting the embassy at, at Monrovia. So that was where we finished out our last part, part of our deployment. Okay. How long were you in for? Just the four, four years. Did the four hit the door. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, branches, knocked out two branches of service. Did a med <laughs> <laughs> I packed a whole lot in that four years. Yes, you did. Yeah. For me, I, I did my four, same thing. Um, for me, the reason I got out though, is I saw that I wanted a family and I saw how family and military, in my opinion, didn't really mesh very well. Um, just because, you, you know, one person's always gone, you know, so right. that, that made it really hard for the, for one for the other side of the family and, right. and God help you if both of you were in the military, because one would be out while the other one's taking care of the kids. So that one comes back. Then the other one goes out while that one, while the other one takes care of the kids. And I, I, I didn't want to do that. You know, I wanted to try to get my feet under me before having kids. And, you know, Smart. I'm hoping that after 17 years of marriage and I got out in 98, so that's got what 20 something years them to get my shit straight before having a kid. There you go. <laughs> so hopefully I got that part worked out. Um, so what, what ultimately uh, just you hit the end of your enlistment and you're like, all right, it was fun. So long. Thanks for all the fish. I'm out. Yeah. Well, not really. Um, so while I was in the military, right before I went in the military, I was, I started working in music and um, just basically it was a garage band, but we were, really good and um, we had a lot of traction just locally this is all kind of you know before social media and everything we had a lot of traction sort of moving mo locally and as I was you know whether I was you know on a ship or, or serving overseas whatever I, I had my guys from the band would send me tapes and and I would sit and work work these tapes and I had basically had an entire album written and it was one of those things that was gnawing at me since the time I uh, you know, got into the military, I had sort of found my niche in music and what I really wanted to do in life wasn't, uh, was more music related. So while I was in the service, I used to sit and play guitar. I, you know, I bought my first guitar with a buddy of mine, Jake. He's like, man, you should, you know, you got such a great voice. You should play. And I couldn't play anything. You know, he taught me mm -hmm. the three chords and a couple songs and I still play some of those songs today. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I had, I was, I felt like I was really truly being called to do music. It wasn't just, Hey man, you know, I love music. It was, I, it was, it was, I was taking it to a new level. It was, I was honing a craft, um, you know, to be able to sing loud and sing strong and sing proud. And then also the writing elements that go into music and to, to storytell and things like that. And even some of the songs that I've on the album, you know, music on a mission uh, were written parts of those songs, those little pieces were like little poetic things that, 
would call and hit me and I'd scratch them on a, you know, a napkin or something somewhere or, you know, in a, in a diary or in a, in a journal. So, I mean, all the, the whole time I was in the military, I was thinking music, you know what I mean? And as soon as I got out three days after I was, I was on a stage and, and rocking. Oh shit. All right. So you come from a very um, military based family, I suppose. Uh, like your father and your brother are both in the military. So now here's a question. Um, when you got out to pursue, pursue music, what was their thought of that? I don't think it was looked down upon. I, I mean, I, I kind of felt like, I felt like, okay, I, I had, I'd, I'd served this country and there really wasn't much they could say about it. You know what I mean? It was one of those things where it is a, it is truly a pipe dream. It is one of those things that any parent in the world, the last thing they truly want their kids to be uh, growing up. Hey, you know, you'd be a doctor, you'd be a lawyer, you know, the, the low hanging fruit mm-hmm. there, uh, you get a good career in business, you start your own business, something along those lines. But when, you know, your son comes home and he's like, Hey, I'm going to be a rock and roller. And uh, this is the path that I'm choosing. And I'm like jumping with both feet. And my parents knew me to do everything to the extreme. I, I didn't, I didn't do anything in moderation. Everything was done, you know, even in sports, even, you know, even, even when I was starting it out of music or, or anything that I did, even like a paper route I did to the extreme, I would time myself, you know I mean? It was, it was ridiculous. So a lot of the things that I did were very much all the way uh, as a kid. And I think even with the military, uh, you know, I did a year of delayed entry before going in. I was that committed that early. I've just, always been that kind of a person. So anyway, long story short is they knew that there was no stopping me. If I had put my head down and do something, I was going to do it until I failed. And, and, you know, <laughs> there you have it. They, they didn't really have much to say about it actually. So. Gotcha. All right. Um, so when you first got out, uh, how long was it until you joined up with uh, Madison rising? So Madison would be 2010. That would be, almost a decade uh, I had been in music and, and like I said, I I was still working full-time jobs. I was building tanks for BAE systems and building the Bradleys and the stuff during that, that was going overseas during, you know, everything that was happening after nine 11. Um, You know, I didn't really join Madison until 2010. Okay. So I had been out for, and, and just, uh, again, I was just a career guy. You know what I mean? I wanted to, I wanted to still be patriotics. And, and again, so I got in, I started out in, in trucking and, and, you know, restaurant and restaurant management. I didn't really enjoy that, but that taught me a lot about service in mm-hmm. uh, the civilian sector. There's service in the military and in that sort of type of service. And then there's right. true service to the civilian sector. And, uh, you know, restaurants, it doesn't that you learn service very, very quickly. Yes. Uh, but it's, it's, those are, those are things, those are skills that not a lot of people uh, get the opportunity to do. So like I said, restaurant, and then I got into trucking, I actually started my own restaurant, um, which was leased, I leased from a, a bar, I leased their kitchen area. And I started a restaurant there and I ran that for a little over a year mm-hmm. and it was, you know, 18 hours a day and, and just trying to always, I was the, I was the, the grocery guy. I was the cook. I was everything. Um, right. It just wore me out. And you know, this guy, a friend of mine actually came in and he says, Hey Dave, you know, love your music and seeing you and kill yourself in this restaurant is not what I want to see for you. I would rather you at least be able to get out and play music on the weekends. 
And so he, uh, he offered me a job working in trucking. I got into trucking and logistics. And then from there, I got a job at BAE Systems building tanks. And then that was the last job I had before being a professional musician. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And so how long have you been doing your solo career? Solo since 2016. Right on. So and- I'm about, yeah, I'm like literally four years almost to the date of uh, it starting out solo and being on our own, Becky and I, my wife, Mm -hmm. again, Becky was, was with me through all of this. So, you know, she has always supported all the musical projects, all the different bands as I was coming up and playing gigs and playing bars and and that kind of thing. She was always helping with booking and really just sort of cutting her teeth in the booking worlds. So it's, it's been a long journey, but we're here and we're happy to be here. Blessed to be here is a better word. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, God, to find someone that can stick with you through all that, you know, and, and oh, yeah. you know, be supportive the entire time. Cause, uh, I, I know that now I have a habit of coming up with some crazy ideas and my wife supports me, but I know in the back of her mind, she's like, you are a dumbass." <laughs> right. I'm sure that it's, it's, that's probably exactly what's going through Becky's mind. For the most part. <laughs> she knows also that, like, again, like my parents, they, uh, she understands if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And that's just it. So. There you go. So now, as I mentioned in the beginning, um, God has a big influence in your music. Is yep. that something that's just always been part of your life with faith? Or is that something that you found while you're in the military? Uh, faith for me is, has been... Um, it's the roller coaster. Okay. So if you're ever late at night on a, uh, an amusement park and, uh, you, you've been waiting all day to ride that ride, go find that ride at about nine thirty to 10 o'clock and you'll be able to ride it, get off, wait one roller coaster time and then get back on. Mm-hmm. And in a way, faith feels like that, you know, um, the song, the hunter off my album talks about that basically being, you know, searching in the darkness and just, wandering among the faithless, like being the ones that are waiting in line and not knowing if they're going to be closing that park for the last time and getting that last ride in. Um, faith for me is tricky uh, because I was, it, my faith was challenged at a very, very early age with the loss of a good friend. Uh, my family and I, the, you know, my family quit going to church. I kept going to church. Um, it started to deteriorate uh, during service, but then came back during service um, after I got out, I lost it. And after I got married, I found it. So it's, you know, there's just, there's been a very, I'll say, I call it a unique ride in, in, in sort of understanding and surrender to faith that has come on this last time. So that's where I am now. I thought throughout the times I was on again, off again, I always felt like there was something that I should be doing to manipulate um, my, my surroundings and and that even included some of the people in it. Uh, but at that time where I decided, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to let go of all that. And I'm going to give not just part of my day, not just my morning to the Bible, not just my Sundays, but I'm just going to give every sort of motion, every maneuver, like even like it started with cooking. I was like, why, why am I rage cooking this dinner right now? I'm like, wait, just pause. This is a meal. Do it with love in your heart. And it started with that one day. I was like, why don't I do that more often with a lot of things? Because we're, we're often 
whipped by the hands of time to be in a rush all the time or be, you know, over, over, uh, you know, schedule our schedules that so to the point where everything seems from the outside. If you look at like making coffee in the morning, <laughs> seems like this very just unmindful procedure that you have to do to get through to the next unmindful procedure, get in the car, slamming the door, slamming on the seatbelt, rushing here, rushing there. Got to make this, got to make that planes leaving here. And a lot of that kind of went away um, when I started dictating my time by grasping a hold of time more firmly and saying, you know what, I'm going to get up not one hour early. I'm going to get up two hours earlier. You know, I'm not going to get up at six. I'm going to get up at four and I'm going to start my day and, and, and have a cup of coffee and get some exercise and move into this day with a really, really open mind and a peaceful mind. Um, and the exercise is the key thing for me. I've, I've learned over the years, it doesn't matter what I do. If I don't get up and get on my face first thing in the morning and, and work out, then I'm just, I'm not the right, I'm not in the right mindset. I haven't given anything physically to the day to be rewarded by anything the day has to offer. And that's the mindset that I go into every single day. So I wake up, um, you know, I'll do four sets of either, you know, push-ups and flutter kicks and squats and, and, and some curls and stuff, just some very small in my living room, 20 minutes. Uh, just give it to God and, and give your day to the Lord and be, be blessed. You have all the arms and legs and limbs that you have um, and take that moment to breathe heavy and, and bust a little bit of a sweat and then go into your day. That the coffee tastes better. Uh, the, the water tastes better. The banana tastes better in the morning. I, it's just, it's hard to explain, but that's, that's the general idea of surrendering to faith, knowing that God will take care of the rest. If I give, if I donate this to it, if I put this to my faith every single day, God takes care of the rest of the day for me. That's awesome. That is really awesome, man. Um, so now how about your patriotic side? Did that come from your, your family, from your upbringing? Or was that, again, something you found when you were in service? I came, I mean, obviously service has something to do with it. Growing up small town America, um, when I say small town America, I'm not even talking about thousands of people. I'm talking mm -hmm. about 300. Um, a little old tiny town in, you know, it's a farm town. It had a roundabout, a road that went about half a mile before you hit the woods. Another road that went about half, and, half a mile before you hit open cornfields. A road that went south for about half a mile before you hit the rolling hills and a road, road that went north uh, up to the next town, which was only a few thousand people. So uh, growing up in small town America, um, uh, everyone knows everybody's business kind of thing. And I can remember growing up and seeing some other guys that were leaving for the military. And I'd, I'd watched how the community sort of rallied behind that. Um, we all, most of the kids in our neighborhood, we all played sports or in town. We, most of us played sports and, you know, or we were in Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts together. Um, we were very isolated, but we were also very, I, I, it's hard to explain. We were very isolated, but we were also very free. Mm -hmm. And that freedom gave us, you know, carte blanche to the, the keys to the city, so to speak, at a very young age, which, uh, you know, turned into some troubling and, you know, some hell raising <laughs> as, as kids, you know, we did some pretty ruthless stuff. Um, mostly to passing cars though. Nobody, nobody from local area. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, yeah. And you know, as far as the patriotism side of things, I think it, I think it comes down to uh, knowing a little bit about the history of this country, knowing more about 
the sacrifices. And, and again, I talk about that a lot on the record, Music on a Mission, um, because I don't think that a lot of kids understand this day and age really how blessed they are. And even me at a young age, I didn't realize how blessed I was until I got over and saw what, um, you know, you know, parts of Africa and grass hut towns and, you know, how these people were living and how their communities worked and, and really looking and saying, man, not only do these people not have, you know, houses, but they don't even have roofs on their houses. It doesn't even, you know, rain here. It's, you know, it was just, it, it was really just eye opening. And I think more kids and I, and this is, you know, I like the fact that Israel does this. They put their, they put their kids to, to that military training. Theirs is for a different reason. But again, I think everybody has that joint um, caring for the nation because they understand the sacrifices that have been paid for the freedoms that they do have. And uh, again, I don't think enough people understand that. And again, even myself at a young age, I didn't get it. I didn't understand how great America was until I saw parts of it that I hated. And, and now I watch more of, you know, the freedoms that I even grew up with being eradicated. And I guess that's what makes me stand up for, you know, the constitution and for our law enforcement and fire police, you know, because those are my friends that are still, you know, doing those jobs and, and working those hours and putting in that sacrifice and those blood, sweat and tears and those military buddies, you know, they're all finishing up now. But um, yeah, and I think that's where it actually comes into play was, you know, playing football, the national anthem, every time I heard it got chills, couldn't understand why um, until I started singing it. And then I realized why and that was part of it. So that was part of how it all I wanted my songs to do the same thing to people when they heard them at the national anthem did to me. Well, I will say you totally succeeded on that because in your storyteller I, uh, album, you've got a song that was it thin blue line. Uh, last call or yeah. last call. Thank you. Um, that one, that, that one gets me choked up when I hear that one. And especially at the end um, I was watching the, one of the YouTube videos you had on your site, DaveBrayUSA.com. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the videos or on that last call video, you've got that section at the end where they're doing the last call for mm -hmm. that one officer. Yep. And I mean, that, 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 that just gives you the chills, chokes you up. I was trying to explain that to my wife uh, afterwards. And she's just looking at me like, you're weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that, it, you, it's just a feeling that you get, you know, right. but now it's that, it's that an emotional catharsis mm -hmm. that not even like scientists are still trying to figure it out, but yeah. music does it for me. There's parts in movies that'll do it to me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, when, you know, when, when Tom Cruise throws gooses, you know, dog tags off the back <laughs> of the boat, it's like, come on, man. Like if you don't feel that you're not alive, you know? And uh -huh. I want, I want people, I want kids to feel that um, about their country. I want them to understand like, think about those heroes, man. Think about mm -hmm. their last moments, you know, standing knee deep in the brass and, and realizing this is it. This is the end of the day. This is my last stand. You know, think about how many of those stories are out there where yeah. the guys, you know, didn't make it home or think about Pearl Harbor. You think you go back into the civil and revolutionary wars about some, you know, some of those groups who stood their ground for as long as they could. And finally you get back to the big one uh, at Fort McHenry. And you, you think about that night and how God's providence stepped in and, and saved the, you know, the 
quote unquote uh, hillbillies from you know Virginia who you know stood tall with people from Maryland and and the people from Pennsylvania, you know, people from all up and down the East Coast, Maryland, you know, Virginia, they all came together and converged right there at that site to stop, you know, the the, the Navy, the largest Navy in the world. And they did it and they did it with God's help. So it's uh, it's an amazing it's an ama- it's amazing to think about. Put yourself in those 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 warrior yeah. shoes. Exactly. So now speaking of the Storyteller album, though, um, it, officially it's called Music on a Mission, right? Yes, the album is called Music on a Mission. It's the Storyteller Edition. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole reason for the Storyteller Edition was I have an entire other album that doesn't have the stories in it, but I just <laughs> I haven't released it. So uh, maybe in the future that'll happen. Okay. Uh, Where did the idea for the Storyteller aspect come from? Charlie Daniels. Really? Yes. Right on. Um, I'm listening to Charlie Daniels' book, uh, Never Look at the Empty Seats. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of the first audio books I had downloaded before that. It was uh, The Art of War uh, and then the Bible and some of the other ones that I just, you know, need to have on on command. Uh, but I was listening to Charlie narrate about some of the songs. And one of the chapters, he goes into how The Devil Went Down to Georgia was written, the players on the album, and then all these different nuances of the song that I never knew. Right. And I'm sitting there like after that chapter finished, the only thing I wanted to hear was the devil went down to Georgia <laughs> in the audio book. And I'm like, Charlie, why did you leave out the devil went down to Georgia after that chapter? There should have been a spot where the track plays. Right. Um, and I was like, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to overly because listen, people, some people hear music and then other people listen. Right. And you, you get back to those goosebumps. If you listen to this album, if you really listen to it, you'll you'll get those goosebumps at a bunch of different spots and and the fact that the fact that charlie daniels was the uh sort of the catalyst to for me to create it uh it's it was the first of its kind it debuted at number six on the itunes rock charts globally so like to for for a no-name basically a no-name guy to release a single solo record and then not just be music but music with um, you know, poetry and, you know, something that listens more like an audio book um, for something like that to debut at number six on the rock charts. We just always are scratching our heads because we checked it the next morning and we were wondering, I wonder if it was ever at number five, that would have been really cool. Right. Right. But no, I, the first time I heard, I started listening to the storyteller album. Um, I'll be honest. I found it because I was listening. I just started doing iTunes cause I, I've been Amazon music forever. Yeah, yeah. But for whatever reason, I couldn't find any of your stuff on Amazon Music. Yeah, I'm working on that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I went over to iTunes, and that's the first thing that popped up was a Storyteller album. So I started listening to that, and I'm just like, holy crap, this is fucking brilliant. Um, yeah. the, way you, the way you wrote it, and then to, to say the backstory of the songs, it, most people never knew how a lot of these songs came, came up, you know? Yep. And um, the reason I say that is, you know, you've got uh, one of the songs is Amazing Grace. I never knew the backstory to it. Sure. Um, you put like the backstory to God Bless America and a few other few other songs that people hear all the time. Mm-hmm. But you don't think of where it really came from. And it's right. just it's brilliant. So thank you for doing that. No way. I, exactly. And that's the difference between, you know, hearing a song and listening to it. You listen for those nuances now. You listen... Mm-hmm all those things Charlie Daniels was talking about in devil went down to Georgia. Now I can't ever listen to devil went down to Georgia. You know what I mean? The same, because it's mm-hmm. just so different. And 
and, and thank you for those kind of words because some people, there's some diehard people that love music so much. They're like, man, you totally ruined that song for me. I have my own type of <laughs> image and everything else I was running, but now you've created this whole different one. I didn't know last call was about a cop. And I'm just like, what? Uh, you know, so yeah, you have your haters and you have the people that like yourself that appreciate going uh, above and beyond to overly explain music mm -hmm. to people because certain people have never listen to music they've only ever heard it gotcha well i know we're coming up on time so i've got two questions left for you sure man first one is how do people get a hold of you um well it's dave bray usa.com d-a-v-e-b-r-a-y-u-s-a.com uh you can shop our store there we've got a bunch of awesome awesome apparel and merchandise and since covid19 has destroyed our economy and my ability to tour uh, and play music at events and shows around the country. Um, we're forced to sort of rely on that merchandise store. So if any of your listeners out there are looking for a way to support my music, my mission, my family, I would appreciate if they went to DaveBrayUSA.com and you get a free autographed album with every t-shirt purchase. So you don't have to buy the album or download the album. Uh, if you want to hear the music, you can just, like I said, you can get the album uh, uh, autographed purchased or autographed CD with every t-shirt. There you go. Awesome. Now, as I told you uh, before we started, I do have one final question. I didn't let you know what it was. All right, I'm ready. And what that question is, is, is there a question that I haven't asked you, but should have? Hmm. What do you want the world to know? That's a great question. Um, you know, I guess, I guess at, at time, like, what's the first thing that crosses your mind every morning and the last thing that crosses your mind every, every evening? That's, that's sort of... Uh, what each and every person in this world, um, you know, has sort of different and, you know, everybody wakes up with a different mission or an idea of what their days is going to be like. And some people wake up and their first thing they're going to think about, uh, is, you know, a loved one or somebody they're missing. And some people wake up and the first thing they hear in their head is, you know, uh, Hey, get to work. And then work is their life. Some people wake up, it's food. Some people wake up, it's alcohol. Some people wake up, it's, um, you know, it, you never know. And for me, um, for me, it's, it's, it's my family. It's my faith. It's the blessing. Like I always wake up and say to myself, wow, God, I can't believe you're giving me one more shot. And that's what I usually say at the end of every day is, wow, God, thanks for giving me a shot of the day. You know, this went wrong. That went wrong. This went right. That went right. But man, you gave me another shot. And I always say good night to God. Like, that could be it because we never know if you're going to get another one tomorrow. Exactly. So I take, I take sleep very seriously and going into that, that, that sort of, you know, space where we're not sure is always one of those things that, you know, is, is interesting for me to, some people, like I said, wake up and they don't think about anything. They're just doldrums, not even alive. Right. And I'm just blessed to be alive and I know it. Awesome. Well, Hey Dave, I appreciate you coming on. No way. Thanks yeah. again. Appreciate you having me. Uh, again, the website's DaveBrayUSA.com. I want to thank Heroes Media Group and Adam Bird for having me and introducing us to uh, Shad. And I thank you for having me on Veterans Unite. This has been good. Not a problem. Appreciate it. And I will see you on the, on the next round, man. Thank you. Yeah, and God bless. All right, guys. There you have it. There's our interview with Dave Bray from Dave Bray USA. And the reason we keep calling him Dave Bray USA is because if you go to any social media platform out there, that is how you'll find them. Just search for Dave Bray 
USA, and you can't miss him. He pops up everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, um, YouTube, Facebook, all pops up under Dave Bray USA. But uh, like, like I said at the beginning of the interview, just the way his, uh, his ability to intertwine his patriotism and his faith it just really comes out in his music. And I hope y'all will take the time to head on over to iTunes. Again, search Dave Bray USA. And um, you'll be able to find all of his music there. His Storyteller album is just amazing. Um, like I said, every song before the song, he gives a little little speech about the song, about the back the, the, the background info on it, the meaning behind it. And it's insanely informative and definitely one of the best um, best ways of putting music out there that I've heard so far. It's just incredible to hear that background story. I guess it's kind of like, uh, what was it, VH1 did the storytellers um, episodes or something like that. And the people would tell you a little story about the song that they're about to sing. Well, this is kind of along those lines. Check it out. Go go check out his music, um, see all the stuff that he's got going on over at DaveBrayUSA.com. Uh, again, you can find all of his music there. You can find t-shirts, which he's got a ton of awesome uh, t-shirts on his site. And also, if you ever wanted to book him for an event, they've got a booking section on the site. So go, go check that out. And since during this episode... We had talked about a song of his called Last Call. That's a song we're going to play to close out this episode. It was one of the first songs of his that I heard, actually. And it it it, it hits you in the feelers. Um, especially if you go to YouTube and watch the video. You get the imagery, you get the lyrics, and it just ties everything together. And if you're the kind of person that really feels music, this is probably one of the songs that will get you. But um, anyways, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for coming by. Don't forget to leave us a like, the uh, rating, a review, whatever platform you're listening to the show on, please do that for me. Also, if you believe that uh, this content can help someone else or you found it entertaining in any sort of way, by all means, please share it with your friends. Um, that's the only way the show is going to grow is by liking it, rating it, reviewing it, and sharing it out to all the people that, that are out there. So, again, thanks for coming by, guys. And here is Last Call by Dave Bray. Tell her I'll be waiting at your
ask you to forgive me. Tell her I'm sorry. That I can't be. Save my own, this is my last call. 